thought I'd start to feel this way for you I won't apologize, I know now that's true I only hope to God someday you feel it too We're together, I don't think you see Just how good you and I could be There is only so much I can do Cause in the end I know it's up to you Over time you'll come to love me As much as I love you I can't believe you never feel the same After all that we've been through And what deep in my heart your eyes Won't open that you'll see Over time you'll understand And you'll choose me So many others there for you to choose I only wish I could be in this shoes I'm gonna make you look at me that way Searching for the words that I can't say I could be the one who's strong for you I could be more than a friend I could be the one to hold you close Take a look at me again Welcome to this week's edition of the Wispy Mob Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series. I'm your host, Todd, middle initial C. Walker. Yes, that's right, it's me. And we have been listening to the song Choose Me by Ken Miller. And in parentheses next to Choose Me on my screen, it says featuring Ethan Miller. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say Ethan Miller is related to the songwriter named Ken Miller. Ken, you're on the phone. Is that true? That is true. You are right. <laughs> so is is it your brother, your son, who? It is my son, um, who is the real musician of the family. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I was, it was a real thrill to. Um, it, it's one of my better sounding recordings, and it's because he's on it. Um, and in fact, he he played bass, uh, and he also did the little solo in the middle, which I just loved. And I did not tell him. I just said I need about you know a few measures in here. And I sent him down and said, and that's what he came back with, which I was, I was thrilled with it. I love it. Now, did he handle the recording duties as well? Uh, Not really. So yeah, I'm i I'm a super amateur recorder and that was done on, um, you know, just garage band on a Mac uh, with a, you know, a mic. And, um, you know, at that time, that was several years ago and I can't even remember what, I may not even have had like a, uh, a device that was feeding into it might have been into a USB mic or something, you know. I was, um, but yeah. So he, but he plugged his, he brought his bass home <laughs> with him that weekend uh, or that week, and he, um, he, he laid that down, and he, and I gave him my acoustic and let him do the solo. So 
and he helped. I think he helped mix it a little bit once it was done. So, uh, yeah, but he's a he's a very accomplished guitar player. So it helped a lot. Well, it's it sounds more like it was done in a recording studio rather than at home on Garage Bands. Although I know that there are many people. Uh, David Gray, I think. Um, no, it wasn't David Gray. Another fellow re- did his entire album. What we, you and I oh, would wow. call an album, most people call yeah. it, used to yeah, call yeah. them CDs, now they're sound yeah. files, um, on, with garage bands, and I can't tell the difference between that and Pro Tools or whatever. I know it doesn't have as many features, but you did a great job on that. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. So when you say Ethan Miller is the, the real musician of the family, what do you really mean? Well, so, yeah, I'm a... Um, I, maybe we can get into this if you if you want, or kind of uh, how I came to be playing and uh, oh, the absolutely. guitar and writing songs. But I, you know, I'm I consider myself a guitar player. I consider him a musician, and the re, and the, the differentiation I make is because you know I, I actually took it up as an adult, um, uh, and we can we can get into that. But he, you know, uh, was um, that was his kind of calling, if you will, um, when he was younger, and um, we got him music lessons. Um, you know, and he. And he took music theory and he, I mean, he's a really, he plays uh, in a metal band um, out on the West coast now, um, you know, as a part-time, not as his main gig, but he's, um, he's, a, he's a very good musician, a uh, very good guitar player. So that's what I mean. I mean, he, he really plays, he really knows the whole fretboard. He, he's a true uh, guitar musician. I'm, I'm a uh, first four frets kind of guy <laughs> who came to it late in life. Well, most of the, the huge hits are first, you know, three or four frets. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know. Well, they all kind of probably start that way, right? It's, it's what you do with them afterwards, but yeah. Um, and you know, I kind of realized, uh, before I was doing it for too long that my, um, I was probably not going to be a great guitarist, <laughs> but I, but what I did like to do was try to write songs, um, you know, and play for friends and that kind of thing. So that's kind of where I've settled. Well, go back in time and tell me how you did get started in music in the first place. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, you know, the first part is pretty, uh, probably a pretty well-worn tale. Um, you know, uh, brought up in a family that was musical, but not so, not really a stringed instrument. So, you know, the church choir, I was, you know, I was in the church choir from the time I could probably walk. Um, my parents sang in the choir and, you know, that kind of thing. So I always, um, had that kind of background, and it's all all four of our my me and my siblings were all in the high school band, right? So kind of the standard um, musical world that a lot of people grow up in. Um, but what the church choir does is a it teaches you harmonies, um, and and you know that, that you know singing bass, singing tenor, whatever that was needed, you know. So you kind of you learn pitches and you learn how to sing harmony, um, and then you know in the band. Um, uh, you know, it's the standard thing, but kind of a funny story. I played trombone and, and the old band director in my town used to, um, he would kind of decide what you wanted, what you should play. And so he would come, he literally would come, I was in a, grew up in a small town in South Alabama and, um, he would come to your house <laughs> and, and test you and, and tell you what you wanted to play. So I played trombone and the reason I could play trombone is because I had a very good, you know, ear for the pitch, right? Cause on a trombone, you got to put it in the right spot. There's no uh, no valve to push. You got to know when you're in tune and not. So, so that was kind of my beginning. I played all through high school. Um, 
Um, and then that was kind of the end of my music, you know, and I did find a funny thing. It's hard to play the trombone and sing at the same time. So, <laughs> so that, that does lead you to, if you want to sing, um, and write songs, it's a little, a little easier to do it with an instrument that doesn't, you don't have to put your lips on. Um, and so that was it. And in fact, kind of laid, didn't do anything musically for, I don't know what, uh, 10 or more years kind of, you know, just, um, and it's weird how I came to the guitar because I had never picked one up, couldn't play a note on a guitar and never, none of my family had them. They weren't laying around the house or anything, but when I was probably early thirties and, uh, and I, and I, I, knowing that we were going to talk, I've been trying to think about the sequence of events and I can't exactly remember, but I know that my wife had an old guitar, had brought an old guitar when we got married. She had this old acoustic, um, and and I don't even I didn't know why she had it. In fact, she didn't play, had never tried to play. But it was an old boyfriend's guitar that she kept. He had left it behind when he left, um, and she brought it, and, and it was in our closet, um, and it was strong. It was uh, old. I don't even I don't even know what it was. Junky old. Uh, it had nylon, you know, nylon strings, kind of strung like a classical guitar. And it was just there. Um, and, you know, when my son got in, we decided to give my son lessons. Maybe that's what prompted me to kind of pick it up. And I was like, you know, I think I'll try to learn this. And so while he was taking lessons, I actually uh, back in the back in the early 2000s, if everybody remembers how you would buy a CD and put it in your computer. <laughs> yeah, I still <laughs> and, do it. <laughs> uh, and it was literally uh, a, a, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a program to learn guitar. Right. And so. It was a really well done uh, thing where, you know, they teach you like two simple chords and then a a song you can play um, and it hooks you immediately. Right. Because, you know, with two songs, you can play like a Hank Williams tune or I don't even know what. um, And uh, so that's how I learned. I I just taught myself off the computer. I did take just a few lessons while my son was taking lessons, but money was a little tighter and I didn't really feel like I could uh, afford lessons back then. So I gave them to him instead, which was a good investment because he got really good at it. <laughs> and it turned out to be kind of his passion, you know, so I was really happy that we found that for him. But um, so that's what I did. And, I, and so I just kind of taught myself um, and kind of immediately felt like I had a song or two in me. So that's kind of how it started. Now, did when he was initially taking lessons and you were kind of starting and taking lessons, whether on the computer or the few in-person ones you took, did you ever kind of play together at that early uh, stage? Really? Not uh, not really. So he, you know, I only did the acoustic. He, uh, we gave him, you know, the, the classic, you know, beginner electric. He wanted gotcha. to learn electric. So he learned on the electric. And I really don't think we played together m- much because, um, you know, he would be plugged in. Um, and, you know, if we played a couple of Christmas carols, you know, or something, it was usually just one of us on the, we would kind of swap it back and forth, but we didn't really play together. And, um, yeah, so not, not really. So is he, could I venture to say that he's your musical hero? <laughs> yes. If, if I could play like him, he would be, I would be happy, but I've, I've, uh, I've settled on the fact that that is not going to be the case. I do. I would say though, that, you know, it's, we've, we got to collaborate on that one song and, he lives in Portland, Oregon now. So this is, it's, you know, it would have to be a long distance collaboration, but um, I would love, you know, love to, you know, swap files back and forth. And we've talked about it. I, we just have never gotten it, gotten it done. But, um, you know, he, he, he likes kind of a different genre, but he's eclectic in his taste too. He'll listen to, 
listen to and play anything. But um, yeah, he, it would be great if I could play like him. But <laughs> I gave up on that a long time ago. I think anytime you learn something as an adult, you're you're never gonna. Well, maybe there's people out there that can uh, prove me wrong, but you know what I mean. It's a it's a much bigger hill to climb once you, starting up from scratch in your 30s. <laughs> well, as adults, there's too much stuff in our head. As kids, yeah. the, you know, the, the the blackboard doesn't have as much chalk, many chalk marks on it. So there's there's yeah. more to absorb, I think, is how it works. But And, you know, I think the other thing is, you know, you just, I mean, you know, how many how many hours can you dedicate to the Like, I, I kind of just muddled along for like a decade or more, um, pretty much just trying to get better and thinking that if I played like 30 minutes, three times a, a week, I would get better, which was just a complete, you know, fantasy. Um, and never could understand why I'm just not progressing, you know, <laughs> like, you, but you know, you had a young family and a job and other things to do. So I would play enough to try to not get worse, but I was really never getting better, but I would still, you know, have a few, you know, I wrote, I wrote a few songs through the years here and there, you know, um, I found out that, you know, there was a, I, I kind of did a, a few things songwriting wise, you know, occasional songs. In other words, like when my dad was having his 80th birthday, um, I wrote a song for the occasion and it came out really well. Like I literally, you know, thought about all the stories he had told me throughout his life, you know, about when he was little, about, you know, how, you know, he met my mom and all this kind of stuff. And I, and I was able to, uh, you know, summarize a man's 80 man, 80 years of a man of my father's life, my real hero, um, you know, and make it rhyme and make it funny and I sang it for him at his 80th birthday party. We all, you know, traveled down. So, um, I, you know, that was a really special thing that songwriting allowed me to do um, that nobody's ever going to hear except for, you know, 10 or 20 people that, I, you know, in our family. But it was a really special thing. So it's it's fun. I wrote a song for some friends of ours one time. It, it, things just you've written songs. Sometimes they just kind of we were going to visit our friends uh, back in Kentucky. And it was just like. I think I should write him a song. And like if within a day I had three quarters of it written, like it just, some of them just flow out of you. You know what I mean? Well, you write songs a lot faster than I do, but I do have a question. <laughs> do you, okay. do you still remember, or do you at least have the lyrics written down of that, for that song you wrote for your dad? Oh yeah, I do. I, I recorded it. I recorded it. Um, because after I sang it for him, that he was like, Oh, can you record that for me? So I was able to, I recorded it and I, I sent it to him and, um, that was a kind of a funny story because I, I wrote it, you know, and, and, I, and I played it for my immediate family at the house. Like we had like a little birthday party. I was like, I, I wrote a song. I, I, to, I told him, I was like, I couldn't think of anything to get you for a man who has everything. So I'll write you a song. And so I wrote it and it was, you know, the family liked it and stuff. And later that evening, we were going to have a reception, you know, a bigger reception with a bunch of friends and, you know, by probably 50 or 60 people. And they're like, you have to sing it at that. I'm like, wait i don't know if i can do that but i but so I, I i sang it i sang it there as well but yeah i recorded it for him so i mean i wrote down all the lyrics to my to my songs i did i did have sense enough to do that well hopefully at some point i'll be able to hear that song uh i am always yeah, it, amazed by people like yourself who can do that i can't my songs are pretty much there might be something of my life or me in them but mostly it's just all fiction yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, so I would say I was right before we were we were about to talk, I was kind of just kind of writing down all the songs I can think of, you know, and, and I've written I've written several that, you know, most of them are more of that that nature. Right. Just you kind of 
you get an idea, a kernel of an idea, and you it may be semi-autobiographical to start, and then you kind of branch out from there, right? You don't really know where they're going to go once you start them. At least I don't. But for, yeah, I, I also wrote a, I wrote one, my buddies and I, but I've written a few, like I just told you. I also wrote one uh, for my buddies, and I used to get together every year. We would get back together, you know, my old high school buddies, and we would, you know, raise a little hell with each other and, um, you know, relive our glory days. Um, and I wrote one for them ca- called The Boys Are All Right, which they loved. I think it came out really good. Um, and then I wrote another one for my sister, who she lived, moved into a little condo down uh, on, on the Gulf Coast. She had, you know, kind of always wanted to live down by the beach. And and so I wrote one for her uh, called Condo by the Bayo, oh, <laughs> which cool. is a little, which is a little. And so I wrote that for her. So I have been able to do it a few times. It's funny. I can't I always think I won't be able to. And sometimes I can't like I've started to write about other events and things. And it just, it never really happens, but about four or five times I've been able to kind of put, put them together. And it's fun because then you're kind of, I mean, I don't know about you, but I pretty much toil in complete anonymity, right? The only time anybody hears my originals is when I go to do an open mic. Um, but being able to kind of play a song for a specific audience and know that, you know, they know you wrote it about them and for them. Uh, you know, it tends to be well received. I'll just say, because <laughs> not not everybody gets a song written for them. I, I guess is is the moral there. Oh no, they don't. I mean, it's uh, there's a, a fellow. I'm drawing a complete blank on his name at the moment. I, I apologize to him because I do know him. The um, lives in New Jersey, but his songwriting career to make money started writing songs on commission. If somebody had an anniversary or something like that, yeah, he would do it. And I never heard any of them, but evidently oh he did really, really well at it. Besides, wow. paint, besides painting houses, that's how he really made his money. But wow, yeah. See, I don't think I could do it on demand like that. Not for like if that's like somebody you know, people that can just you know paint on the side of the street. Like they're good enough to be like, I know I can do this well, right? You know, and I will just offer it as a service. Yeah, I would. I would choke under those conditions. I'm sure. <laughs> so besides writing songs for specific. Yeah, like friends or family members or specific yeah. event like an 80th birthday. How do you go about coming up with a subject matter to write about? That's a really great question. And I'm sure every songwriter who writes a song kind of thinks of the same thing. I, I guess from so mostly, you know, kind of the, the age old question is usually the lyrics come first for me and not the, the tune. Um, uh, I've had one or two maybe semi exceptions but usually it's the lyrics um and yeah it's it's an interesting thing how a song comes about sometimes it's just you know like so so the one you'll play later welcome home um just started uh on a plane trip home from germany from a business trip you know, I was feeling kind of like a fish out of the out of water kind of in my life. And, you know, then you go up to another country and you just kind of get this. Your brain just kind of explodes with other possibilities, you know, life possibilities. So that one kind of started that one. I wrote probably three quarters of that one on the plane ride home. And then the last verse, uh, I guess we'll talk about in a minute, but came much later. Um, but then, you know, I wrote one called I wrote one called Another Damn Day, which um which I've also recorded, although I don't love the recording, but, um, uh, and it was just one of those where I pulled up and to work one day and, and literally like, I was, just, you know, I was not a, 
let's just say I wasn't feeling inspired at work. Um, and I pulled up to the, in, in the parking lot, I turned the car off. And I was like another damn day. And I was just like, bing, like the light went off. And I literally started thinking of the first verse walking to the office. I went into the office and sat down and probably wrote two thirds of that one. Um, so it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, that kind of thing. I've had some that, um, I'll kind of get, you know, you, you know, that half sleep state where like a little phrase will come to you, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll be this, it'll be the seed of something. Um, and then you, you know, if, if, I've, if I'm smart enough and have a piece of paper nearby, I'll write that down. And then it's weird because I've started, you know, I've, I've started like trying, I got like a little journal, right? So I was like, well, you know, if I, and, and I sat down and wrote down some phrases, you know, I don't know if other songwriters do it, but it's kind of like, you know, let me just see if I can get some seeds written down. So if, if ever I want to sit down and try to write a song, I'll have some. And it almost never comes from those. It almost always comes from like some just random thing that starts this cascade in your brain and, and you just kind of get obsessed with it. And once you get like a few lines down the road, then it just like, and you're lucky enough to be in a, position that day to have some quiet time to keep writing it um then you can just finish it or not finish it but you know get a lot of it done and i get the lyrics and then you know then you hunt for the melody that's a whole other treasure hunt right so how how do you come up with your melody when you say your treasure hunt do you well that you know that one is that's the 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 hardest thing to define right like I, i don't even know like i can't even remember i of of the songs i you know they kind of I do feel like I get a little, a little inkling of, of a tune in my head. And, you know, some of it is driven by, you know, the, the rhythm or the pace of the words, um, uh, um, or, or, or how you're rhyming them, right? Like, so if you're rhyming every other line or every, you know, if you, you know, I don't know, you know, the, the rhyming pattern, um, but I really don't know. That one's much more of, of kind of that magic whole thing where you just kind of piddle around with some chords and, see what fits the the, the with the, the lyrics you've written down. Um, I do know that one song I wrote recently called My Poor Heart, um, that totally uh, sprung from just a comment my wife made about her job, really. <laughs> she, she was having a hard time. She's like, my poor heart can't take any more of this. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds like a really good song lyric. And I had been playing with, like, I had just heard a, had a chord that I had been, you know, I played by mistake basically one day um, and thought, oh, I, if I start with that, you know, so I kind of worked from there. So, you know, it's like anything. I think they're all a little bit different. But it's mostly words first. Then I just try to find a melody somewhere that'll fit it. Well, you mentioned your wife and, and her job. What what does your wife do for work? What she do, she is uh, currently um, works for a uh, uh, contract a resource or contract research organization who uh, assists companies to do clinical trials. Okay. So she's, yeah. And, and then um, what, do, and what do you do? What's your, your day job? I am, well, I'm currently a scientific project manager. My, my career has been a scientist. I've been basically, you know, like a molecular biologist all my life. I've worked in pharma, um, you know, Pfizer and, and then some, a smaller company. And, but more recently I'm working over, um, I'm working in the, you know, in the, Uh, with the National Cancer Institute, um, Frederick National Labs, yeah, with that kind of thing. So science, basically. I'm a scientist, science geek. 
Well, and you mentioned, I think you wrote Welcome Home when you were flying home from, would you say, Germany? Yep. So do you, did, have you in the past or do you still travel a lot for work? No, I really don't. I've, I've done it a few times, you know, through the years. Um, that was one particular trip I took to, to train in a particular mm-hmm. technique. Um, but, uh, you know, just sporadically here and there. But no, I'm not, I'm not, I've been lucky enough not to have to travel you know, every week or every month or anything, but, you know, maybe once a year, once or twice a year through the years, I would go to conferences and that kind of thing. Um, So, so in your songwriting, and I'm, I'm having to assume that in the beginning, most of what you played was cover songs. Like most of us, we learn. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, when did you really get serious about writing songs or was it just, it didn't happen one day going, I'm going to write more or all you know all the time or was it just something where every once in a while some lines would come out and you'd put it to music and then six that's months later that's kind of the way it happens yeah yeah so like I, since i didn't, didn't do it for a day job right i could just either not write i could write them or not right and mm-hmm. so um the the first song i ever wrote was kind of interesting because it it was not that long after i learned you know probably a lot of people the first once they've got like four or five chords in in their pocket right it's like if you've got a song in you, you can write it, you know, to four, four or five chords or three chords, really. Um, and for some reason, um, I think you may play it at the end. You, did you say you're going to maybe welcome home? Um, that one is the very first song I ever wrote. And it's interesting because it's, oh, no, that's welcome. No, welcome. Uh, the story of us, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. is the first song I ever wrote. And uh, that one's kind of interesting because <laughs> it's not a happy song. It's like it's like a song about, you know, uh, a love that has gone bad or whatever. And I, I had never written a song before in my life, right? And I and I wrote that, and I played it for my wife. <laughs> She's like, "Are you trying to tell me, uh, tell me something?" It's been like you know twenty years since, so I guess I I, I passed the test. But uh, it was not, <laughs> it was probably not the best. Uh, you know, the first song out of the out of the gate was about you know uh, breaking up with somebody you've loved or something. So, and I don't know where that came from either. It's I don't even know why that one was in me and why that would be the first one um, that I wrote, but um. Yeah. So I kind of would just write one as it came to me. Um, but once I wrote one, I will say you kind of get a taste for it. It's like, oh, this was kind of cool. It's kind of cool to create something, right? I, it's that creative outlet that we that just that we love about it. Um, you've written them, too, um, is to create a thing that didn't exist before. Right. It's like anybody doing any kind of art. Um, and so, yeah. And, and no matter how simple it is and no matter if only five people hear it, it's just very satisfying to make a new thing in the world um and so once i had done that i probably wrote three or four more you know not super fast but you know and then then they just kind of trickled out recently i've started i, I think i've been picking up again you know i've probably wrote, written three or four in the last year you know so I'm, I'm maybe a few more starting to bubble out some of it is just having the time to do it you know my kids are grown now so you know i sit around at night and and have more time for songs to bubble out. Now, speaking of kids, how many kids do you have? I have two kids. One, uh, the aforementioned musical uh, Ethan, and a daughter named Alyssa. Yeah. Now, where's Alyssa live? Well, right currently, Alyssa is in is in France, uh, teaching English to French high school students. Um, ah, but she's very also cool. she's also she's also got a nice voice. In fact. Uh, and she plays the ukulele a little bit. So that was one, for some reason, she asked for a ukulele uh, in high school, and she can strum a few chords on that. So she's actually written a song or two herself. Um, oh, that's so cool. Uh, 
yeah and she's like a musical theater she's more that kind of uh type of music lover um but she also i had a fun uh, just speaking of her i had a fun little experience with her at an open mic recently so she's uh grown and out of the house now she's uh, early 20s and um but you know i knew she had a, a good voice and liked to sing and, and has heard me sing you know her whole life uh, in the house and so anyway we um i knew she was coming home for a few weeks uh, before she went to france and there was an open mic fame uh was sponsoring an open mic so i had her come with me and we worked up a, a song and sang it together at the open mic it's actually uh, they did a Facebook Live ver- you know, uh, feed of it, but we did uh, Jason Mraz, um, you know, I'm yours because oh, sure. I knew she could, I knew she could play that on ukulele. So I played it on guitar. She played it on ukulele, and I let her sing it, and then I just kind of sang backup harmonies. And it was just so, it was very fun and thrilling to get to, to sing with with her. So um, that went really well. I was I was real pleased. Um, so yeah. Well, for for those folks who are listening, who are young enough, who don't have children, um, I can support what you just said, how cool it is when we get to do something as a parent with one of our children, whether it's singing, playing guitar, or going surfing, or playing football. It is just so wonderful. So I'm so glad you had that chance to, to do that. Yeah, 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 really. It really was. I, I was so happy. I you know, I got the idea and was able to follow through. And of course she was game for it. She's, she's got a good voice. And in fact, the week after that, I went to an open mic and somebody asked me where my daughter was. I said, I'm not letting her come anymore. She seems too good. She makes me, she makes me look bad. <laughs> she steals my thunder. You know what I mean? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be careful. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Well, the first time I, and I'm pretty sure it was the first time I'd ever heard you was at the the recent last month's uh, open mic, fame open mic at the new Hawaii um, Arts Center in Frederick on East Church Street. And I, but you're familiar enough looking that I may have seen you somewhere before, but I don't think I had heard you sing. And we're going to play as long as I have the right button on my mixer here, because I've kind of forgotten which one is welcome home, which one is story for us. So if if I hit the wrong one, we'll just listen to the other one. But okay. the, because that was the first song you played, I think, of the two that night, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to that right now. You game? I'm game. All right. Here it is. seem to find myself these days Nowhere feels like home to me Don't belong anywhere I go Someplace else I ought to be Where I come from ain't home anymore Been gone way too long where I am will never be Solid ground I can stand on But I believe there's a place for me I'll find it one fine day I believe we can all belong Hear somebody say Welcome home 
everybody else has found their place They're right where they belong Why don't I fit in my own skin Everywhere I go feels wrong So I'll go on searching what I cannot know How long till I find it How many miles must I go And then I come to her with all my fears They slowly fade away Cause I believe there's a place for me I'll find it one fine day I believe we can all belong We'll hear somebody say Welcome Nice finishing chord. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So who is the female singing with you? Well, that so there was nobody singing. That was me on harmony. <laughs> was it, it really? Not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the very end, that was my wife, right? So I, I let her I, do the... I, I thought it was going to be your wife singing with you. And I apologize because, but it, you no. did a great job. It sounds just like, you know, a, a female background yeah, yeah. singer. Yeah, yeah. I went high on that one. I decided that would sound better, so... Yeah, that was me. And then I was her at the end with the welcome home. I thought it'd be a nice, you know, like surprise ending. <laughs> yes. And and did you do the lead work on that one or did Ethan? Yeah, no, I did that. I, everything else, I've only had a chance to get Ethan to, to, to play with me uh, the one time. So that was that was me. Well, I know many of the guitar players who listen to this series are going to ask or wonder what guitar you play. Okay, so that so that's kind of interesting, too, because... I've, I'm very uh, low tech and naive as far as the gear goes until really very recently. So that that actually was played on a Washburn uh, acoustic that, believe it or not, I got from. Uh, so when I, I think I, I said in the beginning, I started on an old junkie acoustic. And then at some point, I kind of let it be known that I was playing you know, guitar in my family and I um and my sister and brother-in-law, he, my brother-in-law played, had played his whole life and, you know, he had a, an acoustic and everything. And he, she and he just out of the blue one Christmas gave me uh, what I thought was this great guitar <laughs> compared to what I was playing on already. Um, some, uh, I don't even remember the model number. Um, I still have it. Uh, it was a black Washburn, you know, kind of a middle of the road, kind of a couple hundred dollar or a hundred dollar, hundred fifty dollar guitar. But it sounded great to me compared to what I was playing on. And so most of the, until like the last three songs I've recorded, um, were on that, um, just a very simple, 
poorly set up um, uh, Washburn guitar. I'm currently playing a Taylor. I finally, uh, you know, had a little more money and a little, and realized, you know, this hobby is something that I've actually been doing long enough where I should buy a real guitar. Um, so I'm, I'm, I have a Taylor 114 um, right now that I'm, you know, uh, which is a much better guitar than I, and it's <laughs> boy, it sure is fun to play a better guitar. It's not, it's still not this high end, but it's a very nice uh, guitar. Now, did you play the Washburn or the Taylor on Choose Me? Choose Me was the Washburn and uh, um, uh, Welcome Home. I've only done a few. I only got this about two years ago, so I've only done three or four or five uh, on that one. But um, yeah, so they're all on the old old Washburn, you know, through a through a laptop. <laughs> well, I mean, you got really good sound out of it. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I think it sounds okay, right? It's like it's. That's why I call them. I call all my most of my songs demos because I, I hope someday to do them better on better equipment and in a better studio. <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever happen, but um, that's that's kind of the dream anyway. Well, I can help you if you ever want to do some uh, in studio recording. Um, I have a very good friend who owns a nice studio. I was in there this past weekend putting together a, a song, and uh, I'll introduce you to him. Okay, and he's a, he's a supporter of Fame. His in fact, his producer joined Fame. And for those people listening who don't know what we're speaking of, Fame stands for Frederick Acoustic Music Enterprise. It's a local acoustic music um, organization. But the the producer Mike Conway joined while we were sitting there in the control room listening to a take. Oh, nice. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, and I'm assuming he's going to give me like a fifty percent discount. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh no, right it's now? eighty. Eighty. If <laughs> okay. if you know me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds even better. Yeah. So the um, and some of the guitar players listening are going to ask, you know, well, what kind of strings does he use? I just, you know, probably I, I used to. Um, I've kind of moved to more light string, lighter medium strings. Just you know, uh, you know, like a. Ernie Ball or like um I can't remember what current ones are on there but yeah I don't I'm I gotta say I'm 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 a very poor person to talk to about gear I'm not a gearhead and I, I kind of um for the longest time I kind of equated it to you know the guys who who try to learn to play golf and then they go out and buy a five thousand dollar set of clubs when you know they can't hit it you know over a hundred yards so I, for me I always thought a really good guitar and really good equipment would be lost on my abilities <laughs> so so i was like what's the point like i gotta get better at this before the the equipment's gonna matter right like you can play you can have the best strings and guitar in the world but if you can't hit them uh so yeah i i you know i just kind of get standard um whatever kind of but i i have i do tend to do the lighter ones just because you know i find it easier to to move them around and and not destroy my fingers well and on welcome home you do finger style Yes. Yeah. So I do do a little finger style. It's, it's not, it's only, I only have, I tried to learn how to do with four, but my, my ring finger just didn't want to cooperate. So it's mostly just three. I'll throw the fourth one in there every now and then, but it is, it's, it is something that I decided to learn to do. And boy, some songs just really, I mean, I saw you play, you, you have a beautiful, (laughs) a beautiful single style, um, player. Um, and I'm not anything like that, but it is, um, nice to have that option when when you write certain songs they just they just beg you to to play them like that and and the guitar also just sounds so pretty you know when you 
a good guitar um when you play it finger style it just it rings like kind of like it's meant to to be well you did choose well by by purchasing a tailor and the reason i say that and all the big manufacturers all have good guitars they really do and yeah. what's wonderful is they all they all now have what we would call budget line all the way through the the ornate you know five thousand yeah, six thousand sure. dollars the yeah. um, but the one thing about taylor guitars and i'm not a huge fan of their sound personally although i own a couple is their playability is wonderful yeah so, and that's what that's what i've heard yeah so for a a person who, who like yourself who says I'm, I'm a mediocre player you know a more expensive guitar is not going to make me sound any better yes it will because you can navigate the fretboard e more easily because yeah, the guitar yeah. is not fighting you it allows right. you to do whatever you w would like to do so that's the benefit and when i have parents ask me you know, gosh my my son or daughter wants to learn guitar what kind of a guitar should i buy them and if if they're a younger person smaller in stature that Taylor GS Mini, you can't beat it for the price yeah. and for, you know, the fit and finish of it. And I know some professional performers, that's their go-to guitar. It works yeah. for them. So. Well, when I went, when I decided, you know, to spend, I forget, you know, what, what are they like? Six or $800, you yeah. know, it's kind of in that range. That's the ones I got. I got the ones, you know, made in Mexico, not the <laughs> ones that are, but anyway, um, which is about what I wanted to spend, but you can get a really nice sounding guitar for that. And so, you know, of course, I started the, the research, right, like we always do. And um, and I actually kind of had a Martin, that, but I've since learned that Martins are a little more hard to little require a little more um, manhandling in general. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I went to get one of those. I had a few different models in mind and, you know, it was during the pandemic um, and the just it turned, you know, there weren't a lot a lot of guitars available. I, I mean, there were and there weren't. Right. If you wanted a specific model, you may have just maybe able to find it. Um, and so when I just kind of I went, I went, a friend recommended a nice uh, guitar store and I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it down, down to 70. Uh, gosh, I can't remember. It's a nice big store. Um, you would know it probably if I told you. But anyway, and kind of went in there and did not plan to buy the ta a Taylor, <laughs> but I knew that, you know, obviously Taylor made good guitars and stuff. And then I just this one was available. I played it. It felt good. It sounded good to me. And I, that's how I ended up with it. So funny that I, I did a lot of research um, and didn't really go down there to buy this particular guitar. I was, was really happy and a, a, fun, a funny little epilogue. I, so I, you know, my son, obviously he has, he's big into the electric gear, but he also has a, an acoustic. I didn't know what kind of acoustic he had. That's how little uh, I was into the, you know, the specifics, but I come home and I was like, look at the guitar I just got. And I showed it to him. He's it's the exact same one. He has. Oh, is it really? So, yeah, so I thought that's, <laughs> he's like, Oh my gosh, that's the same one. So I thought that was a pretty funny happenstance that we would have out of all the guitars out there picked uh, the exact same model. Yes. Literally the exact one. Yeah. That's one of those coincidences in life that I love. Yeah. Yeah. So I went out there to visit him and he had his guitar. So I just picked it up and I could play it pretty, pretty well. Cause it was the exact one I had. Well, now I saw you at the Fame Open Mic, and I know you've done other Fame Open Mics. But when did you begin venturing out to perform live at open mics? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a so that's I guess maybe that's a little maybe a different part of my story than some of the, I listened to a few of your other uh, a few of your other podcast or podcasts just you know to kind of get a sense for what was what it was about and um yeah so like 
that to me, like the open mic was a huge deal. Like I was like, <laughs> you know, I've got these original songs or and covers. I mean, I've been playing covers forever. Right. And, you know, for my wife and for friends and we sing along and have fun. And I'm like, man, I really I, for some reason, I just wanted to I just I felt like I wanted to do it, you know, but to get the courage up to do it. It was actually only um, it was probably maybe a year before so like 2018 ish or night early 19 um and i remember you know, obviously doing it but it was very recently uh, in my musical career if, if you want to call it that but um yeah uh and you know i found you know i found the fame ones are just so nice because they're just super low-key you know of course at first i went to the open mic with no guitar just to listen okay like is this something i can even approach you know and you hear some some really rank amateurs get up there. They're very brave, braver than me. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm at least as good as that guy. So I, maybe I'll <laughs> give it a try. Um, and then uh, actually, yeah, so I, I I finally kind of pulled the Band-Aid off. I was just kind of told myself, I'm going to be terrible at this. I'm going to be so nervous. It's going to go poorly, but I'm going to get it over with and I'm going to join the club, right? I just wanted to join the club of people who had the guts to play out live in front of people. Um, and it was a very low key, supportive, nice audience, you know, so there were really no stakes involved. Um, and I did exactly what I thought I would do. I messed up the first song, uh, but everybody smiled and, and didn't throw anything at me. And um, and, you know, then I got through one or two more and and kind of wandered back in a daze and got it over with. And my wife was there, you know, so but it was it was fun. And, I, you know, I've tried to do more and I still get nervous doing them and get mad at myself for getting nervous but i was happy to kind of get out and, and you know and do it so that's kind of my outlet for for playing in front of people and letting people hear my original songs whether they want to or not right it's the one time in life they have no choice but to listen to you <laughs> i tell people i'm like i i, I I'm up here and you're out there. So you have to listen to my song. <laughs> you shouldn't have come if you didn't want to hear it. Well, don't feel badly about being nervous. And I say that because I'm nervous before I go on stage, probably more nervous in an open mic or a songwriter showcase where there are other song or more serious, you know, musicians mm -hmm. than I am in an actual gig. <clears throat> The, the reason I'm nervous going into an actual gig where I'm being paid is I'm nervous about, you know, is it going to be too loud or too soft when I start? You know, is the guitar going to be, is it out of tune? I can't get it in tune. Is some, am I having an equipment problem? Right. You know, or gosh, there's no space for me and my equipment. How am I going to, you know, get people to move the table and, you know, all that kind of stuff yeah. as opposed to open mics and songwriter showcases, which are an open mic for originals is really all they are. Yeah. The, um, is I'm performing my song in front of other musicians and they know the right and wrong of things. Whereas <laughs> in an open mic, many of the performers may, but some may right. not, like you said, route beginners or, you know, yeah, yeah. And then people who just happen to be there who maybe are not musical at all. So they, they don't know when we mess up, but when it's right. somebody else who is a performer. And so I am more nervous then than an actual gig, but don't feel badly about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I but, but my only, my antidote, I'm trying to vaccine, vaccinate myself against it by 
just repetition. You know, it's just like the more it's like anything else in life, right? We were all nervous when we learned to drive too. <laughs> That's right. But we're not anymore. And so I, I kind of just try to keep telling myself, all right, if I just keep doing this, eventually, you know. Um, so you know, it, it is what it is. But it's a it's a it's a fun thing, and it's um, it's a very it's just such a great organic kind of uh, very supportive way for people to support each other to play music. And, you know, I mean, you get there and some people just are not very good or they're, you know, some people are just amazing. You know, you never know what you're going to get when you go to one. Um, but it's nice to just have a way for people to, you know, I mean, you got these songs in you, you write them down, you work them up, you play them, uh, you know, and, and other than maybe you're, your husband or wife who has heard them so much, they want to kill themselves. You know, you want to, <laughs> you want to share them with somebody. Um, and an open mic is the way to do it. You can be a complete amateur and go and play your songs for people. And, you know, maybe one or two people will hear them and like them. And that's kind of all you're looking for as a songwriter, right? Yes. And what surprised me, because I had done a few open mics back in the 1970s, but I jumped right into performing the, um, you know, doing church stuff and, and high school things and then jumped right into performing with my, my best friend, Rich. And so I didn't do m more than one or two open mics at that point in time. I didn't start doing them until I came down here. But mm -hmm. the one thing about an open mic, and this is why I'm so adamant about um, when it's, it's amplified. Now, the one we just did this past month and the ones coming up are unamplified. So it's, and the right. room is, has wonderful acoustics, so you don't really need it. But when I run one, I work really hard at trying to get the sound to be as good as possible because for many performers, that open mic stage is the largest stage they will ever perform on. Exactly. So I want it to be the best experience it can be for that person. And it is so wonderful to see the smile on someone's face, even if they mess up. There, it could be a smile because they're now yeah. relieved that they, they, they yeah, made yeah. it through the two songs or three songs. Yeah. But it is a wonderful thing to be able to sit there and see the joy in somebody. It really is. I, I, I totally agree. I would, anybody who's never been to one, if you can, if you, if you have a, if you, usually it's at a venue where you can get a drink or a, or a little bite to eat too. So, you know, nothing to lose. Um, it's, it's really a fun thing and, uh, uh, to, and to see people, you know, out there kind of smiling and, you know, encouraging you with their eyes, you know, to kind of get through it, even if you're mm -hmm. <laughs> messing it up. It's like we, we always say, and I, I've probably said to you, it's like, I, I play it so much better in my basement alone, like so much better, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the, the nature of the beast, I guess. Oh, it is. I have this theory, and you, you made mention of it on, in a couple of minutes ago, and you said you believe in repetition. Yeah. And if I write a song and I'm getting it ready to perform it, whether it's an open mic or an actual gig, or whatever it is, or if I've learned a new cover song because someone said, gee, you should do this one, or I, I've, yeah. you know, I have to perform it at home a minimum of 100 times. And the See, reason... Go ahead. No, go no, go ahead. I want to see what no, you say. No, I was going to say. I was just going to. That's exactly right. And what I inevitably do is I, I decide late which three songs I'm going to do. I don't find time to play them enough, and that's part of the reason I mess them up. And the few times that have gone really well, I decide on like a Monday, and I, all week I play those three songs every time I pick the guitar up. And boy, it's a funny thing how it goes better when you do that. Yep. 
And the other thing I noticed in, in your performance was you didn't have a cheat sheet. Yeah, no, I've, I've got, I, that's one thing that I've just kind of decided to do is to memorize songs and nothing against anybody who doesn't, or, you know, brings the thing up there. I mean, you know, that's fine too. Um, But I kind of, (laughs) I kind of realized that, you know, if I can't be a great guitar player, at least I can be good at memorizing the song. <laughs> um, and so, so I've, I found that it actually kind of came to me one time I was doing a, I was uh, part of a group and they're like, Oh, everybody bring your guitars. We're going to sing songs, you know? And, um, and I, so I was like, okay, I'll do that. You know? And, and it was, it wasn't really an open mic. It was more of a kind of a participation kind of thing. But anyway, and I brought, I did an Eagles song, you know, and, and I, and I could play it, but I didn't have it all memorized. And, you know, it was just very clunky. You're trying to, I was having a hard time getting through it. And then, you know, and, and I just realized, you know what, I'm going to just memorize. So I've, I take the time, even covers. I can, I have like, I don't know how many covers I can just play. And I know all the chords and I know all the lyrics. And it just makes it so much easier when, you know, friends are around or when you're you're having kind of a campfire sing-along and you, it's too dark to see the lyrics and you're not having to scroll through your phone. So I do do that. I I, I try to I work really hard to memorize the words to songs so that I can just play it and not have to have to read it off of a screen or a piece of paper. But um, and it makes it more fun. And, uh, but, you know, everybody's different in that regard. Well, the other thing, and, and I believe this wholeheartedly, is if you have memorized it so that you don't have to be staring at a piece of paper or in many cases, an iPhone or an iPad in today's world, yeah. you can look at the audience. Right. Because then you can figure out how receptive they are. In other words, are they right. smiling? Are they tapping their foot? Or are they grimacing? You know, because I've had yeah, a couple yeah. of times when I've sang a song and it's like, oh, something's not right here. But, yeah. other, you know, and especially someone who's getting paid to perform, yeah. you really need to be able to to notice when to not speak between songs. If everyone's having lots of conversations, maybe it's not a good idea to speak between songs. Just give, you know, 10, 15 seconds and maybe just introduce the song and go right into the song. So memorizing, yeah. I think is a good thing. And I, I, I applaud you for, for doing that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. In fact, we, there was a, a open, the last open mic we did, and I, I should tell you about it, but it was really good at prospect pantry. And um, yes, not airy, wasn't yeah, it? It was, it was one of the most fun ones I've ever done. The audience was so good. They were singing along and stuff. And so I, you know, I get up there about, you know, several people had gone up before me and, um, you know, the uh, one or two before me, the audience is singing, and I had planned to do a cover, which of a song which I like, but I don't. They wouldn't have known probably. And then, and then I was going to do an original, um, because there was only two songs, and I just decided I'm going to sing a song everybody knows because this is going to be fun, and they'll sing with me. And so it was nice because I had, I just had them in my mind. I had several songs that I can just play. I mean, so I picked an Elton John song that every, I played Rocket Man, and it was the most fun I've ever had, I think, in front of an audience, <laughs> because they were singing from the jump. Like, I was like, I was going to do an original, but I'm going to sing one you all know. And I hit, I started singing, and they were singing with me, and it was so fun. Um, so it was nice to have that in my back pocket, whereas if I had just had them, you know, on a screen or uh, I only know these two for tonight, I couldn't have done that. So that was, it was nice uh, kind of to be able to, to, to pull that out of the, out of the blue. Well, speaking of a song that, you know, you just pull out of midair or whatever to, in that situation, the very first open mic that you 
participated in. What was the first song? Do you remember? I I do. Um, I did a few songs, but the very first one was uh, um, an in, the Indigo Girls song, um, uh, um, um, "Closer to Find." Uh, Closer to Find. Yep. And the reason I chose it, it was a because I had you know it was I, I really loved the song, um, and b because uh, the one of the lyrics in it says um, it's only life after all, and um, I can't remember the one right before it's, uh, anyway, so it's only life after all. And I just thought that was very apropos for, you know, if I mess up, it's okay. It's only life after all. Right. Like it was a good, it's like, I love the sentiment in, uh, in that line. And it's funny because I literally did mess it up. I, <laughs> I was so, I was so out of my mind, you know, just kind of like I'm playing in front of people. I don't know, you know, I'm nervous and, um, and I and I played. I think I forgot that I had already played a verse, so I was starting the verse over again. And 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 I look at the audience, like have a little quizzical look on their face, and I was like, "Oh wait, I already played that, didn't I?" And they're like, "Yep." <laughs> I just I started the next verse, and you know, it 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 went okay. But um, but yeah, that was my first one. Yep. And I think after that, I might have played that first song I ever wrote. Just I thought that was kind of apropos too, because the first the first song I wrote I thought should be in my first little set. So. That's how I chose. So who is your favorite uh, singer-songwriter? I mean, that's a really good question, but I, I actually ha- – the answer I would give you uh, that – who I just um, kind of point to is Jackson Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you when I and, – and what's funny about that is I, you know, I think we all, you know, like a lot of his songs because he's just, you know, he's a great – singer songwriter who are you know artist that has a lot of hits but i i i forget when it was must have been like 2013 2014 i came across his um basically kind of a greatest hits of his that he did acoustic solo he did it live yes if you you know that i that do CD? I, I have the cd yes oh my gosh i i just it, i heard him sing his songs again and i was just mesmerized by the songs at the, and i don't know Maybe it was only like I'd never heard them before. And, you know, the, the pop versions were nice, but the way he did it on that CD just blew my mind. So I really kind of fell in love with it. And I just I think uh, uh, The Shape of a Heart is just like such a great uh, song. Like I, there's it's, it's, there's, you know, a few different layers happening. Right. Like even the, the beat, you know, the way he plays the guitar sounds like a heartbeat, like that kind of thing. So um, I just love his lyrics. Um, he's got a lot of lyrics that just kind of kind of floor me. So I guess if I had to choose somebody off the top of my head, I mean, there's a million of them, right? Um, yes, it's really um, tough to to come up with one. But he is definitely kind of in the genre of the the realm that I that I live in as a songwriter. I would say he and I actually we we went and saw him uh, down in Baltimore um, recently, kind of which was nice to kind of see him live. But yeah, he's a great one. Well, I've seen some of his YouTube videos that he has produced over the last year or so where it's just sometimes it's just him but many times it's like a trio he's got a you know um maybe a percussionist and a bass player or he might have a lead guitar player and a percussionist or maybe it's just a bass and a lead Mm -hmm. guitar player and he plays some of his songs and they're bass. you know it's not a recording studio but someone's recording it and i'm i'm amazed at how good not yeah. only they are musically, but how good a sound they're getting. It's like, wow. Yeah. 
I know these days, I think it's just, it's getting to be where the equipment is so modular and so good. Um, just everything you hear anymore is just so well produced and balanced and mixed. And I don't even know. Well, how about the, um, and I was thinking about this today, um, thinking about, you know, speaking with you this evening and I thought if somebody asked me this question, what would I come up with? What are your top three songs? In what, in what context, like ever in the world or mine or. Yeah. If, if you're sitting around going, you know, my favorite three songs ever. Oh boy. Oh gosh. And it, it, you know, and I know there may be, there, there are hundreds really, but if you can come up with ones without thinking too hard, what would be one that. uh... Oh boy. Yo, that's, that's a hard, that's the, this is the kind of question that stumps me. I got to say, I'm not, I'm one of these people that has a hard time coming up, but I will say, I don't know which one it would be. I would, one of them would be an Elton John uh, song. I, I've admired that he and Toppin's uh oh, yes. magic for for all my life and just it, it's very um uh so i don't know when it will probably be his um i you know other than that boy i don't know i mean i love uh I, you know like i said i love a shape of a heart by by jackson brown i don't know if it would be my top one if if i got to sit around and there maybe got to throw a led zeppelin song in there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I've got pretty wide, wide ranging tastes, and I don't know that it would be a singer songwriter if you're going to just go top songs ever, because uh, there's some rock songs that I that I that I love a lot. And, you know, I don't know, R&B, too. So I don't know. I guess I can't. I'm not going to be able to answer that one. Sorry. Oh, no, that's quite (laughs) all right, because it's a loaded question. It really is, because the I had to really think about it. But I was thinking, what did you come up with? Well, because I grew up, my formative years were late 50s through late sixties. I graduated high school in 1968. So, okay. you know, I saw, went from folk music, hoot nannies, yeah, yeah. Right, right into the Beatles and all the way up to the, when I got into college, the old acid rock and all that. And then eventually America that brought it back down mm-hmm. and James Taylor. So the number one song comes out of Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying by Jerry and the Pacemakers from England. And he, oh, wow. Jerry Marsden, the, the lead singer and the leader of that group, passed away in the last year and a half, two years, I guess. Um, another one, and again, this just goes right back to my high school and junior high time, is a song titled Because by the Dave Clark Five, also from England. Oh, wow. And and it's it, they're not songs that are on the front of my brain every day because I don't hear uh-huh. them that often. But those that's and then anything early Beatles would fit right in number three. It yeah. might even actually be in one or two because I love early Beatles. But okay. But I also love things like you know because I grew up on Lawrence Welk and Perry Como and and people like that because my parents right. watched that and we were young so we watched what the, our parents watched. So sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember those those voices as well from my parents' mm-hmm. era. Yeah. So, what is your looking forward? Say five years, or say three to five years from now, where does Ken Miller want to be musically? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I think for me, I've tried to become more intentional about getting better at the guitar, and by that I mean you know, dedicating myself to playing a certain number of hours a week, you know, to, to at least, I, I find my, you know, when I do do these open mics, you know, my part, part of the problem is like what I talked about, I'm so nervous about how I'm going to play the guitar. 
that I'm really not singing the songs in an expressive kind of way that, you know what I mean? And so what I've always, what I've always kind of aspired to, and, and, um, if I, is, is to play the, have the, the guitar playing not be the thing I'm worried about so much. So then I can try to sing the song a little better. Um, and, you know, just more, uh, more expressively. Um, and, and I guess my, my, you know, like I said, my little pet dream is to, um, you know, maybe, uh, to get the songs re- the, that I do have recorded either in a better manner. Um, if I really had, you know, hit the lottery, I'd probably love to hear real musicians and a real, you know, good voice you know uh, sing the things you know kind of that that dream we all have of somebody picking a song up that we have and um you know (laughs) recording it professionally and you know releasing it in some professional way um not that that will probably ever happen but that'd be like a little dream scenario but as far as just realistically you know trying to get my songs recorded such as they are um and you know in a a good way um and then just kind of getting Get you know just kind of chopping wood and getting a little bit better every day on the guitar so that I can you know if I want to try to play a little lead something over one of my songs or, or come up with some uh, some you know some more expressive chord patterns and that kind of thing you know try to go go that that route but that's you know that's about it I have modest uh, <laughs> goals as far as um, just wanting to get a little better and write write a song when it comes to me. Well, you've you've made a good start on it, you know, based on what I've heard, and I've only seen you the one time actually perform. I think I've seen you more in photos of open mics, yeah, yeah, on, I've on been the there. Facebook, yeah. you know, than I had yeah. in the actual. But yeah. uh, I was impressed when you you performed. I was actually impressed when before we actually started, you'd taken your guitar out, and I was chatting with I've forgotten who I was chatting with. You were sitting behind me. Um, just kind of going through, I think probably welcome home. I, I think because yeah, it was yeah. finger style and, you know, immediately, cause my ears will pick up a guitar, an acoustic guitar anywhere. And I yeah. thought, well, he actually plays quite well. So I was oh, looking well, forward to it. That was a, <laughs> an eye opener for me. Cause I got to hear you for the first time. I got to hear Elise for the first time. The and, young, the young yeah, woman. Yeah. She was, she's got a sweet little uh, voice and, and uh, her songs are very nice. And I'm, I'm wondering, I, I'm guessing she's what, 15, 16, but I don't know that. I mean, she can't be over 16, can she? I, I don't, don't know. know. I have I a hard time judging age. Like yeah, yeah. the older we get, right. But any, but going back to you, I think you've made a great start and I look forward to hearing you more. I, I can't always get out to the open mics due to scheduling and things like that. Yeah. But the, uh, I hope to, I was hoping to get out this month, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. So maybe it'll be the month after, but, uh, I look forward to hearing more of your songs and I do really want at one point in time to hear the song about your dad's 80th birthday. That would be fantastic. I will, I will do it. Yeah, I'll do it for you for sure. Well, thank you, Ken, for spending some time with me and uh, you have a good rest of your evening. I will. I appreciate it, Todd. All right, Ken. Thanks so much. You too. Bye-bye. Well, that was Ken Miller. And as we discussed, we're going to play now The Story of Us, which is the first song he ever wrote. as two people could be We had a love that was thick and strong It would always be you and me 
look in your eyes and feel all the love I thought I could possibly feel. And smile as I lay on my pillow at night, thinking finally a love that is real. So tell me, how could a love that's so strong and real remain like just so much dust? Can you tell me just how I'm supposed to feel? Tell me the story of our We started as lovers and grew into friends Something we both never had And we talk and we plan and we make sure that ours Would be a love to go back But life has a way of eroding of love that two people can build We look deep inside and convince ourselves Something just isn't fulfilled And we start to expect so much more from a love Than possibly able to give We pack up our things, start out again We got a better life to live Mop Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series is produced by me, Todd, middle initial C. Walker, at the Wispy Mop Music Studio in Frederick, Maryland, or sometimes on location when it's available. All music on the podcast is played by permission from the artist. If you're enjoying the series, please feel free to share the link, wispymopmusic.pod. P-O-D-B-E-A-N, wispymopmusic.podbean.com, or you can find it on either iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.